Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are talking about Babylon 5, Season 5, Episodes 14, 15, and 16. That's uh, Meditations on the Abyss, Darkness Ascending, and All My Dreams Torn Asunder. Um, and so we're getting really close to the finale here. It's, it's, I, I, I didn't realize how much progress we had made until, uh, until I watched that last episode last night. And then I realized, oh, there's, there's really not that many episodes left. So, um, Six left. So uh, why don't you walk us through the first episode and then we can talk about it. Sure. Meditations on the Abyss. We have Delenn sending Lanier off on a mission where he's technically doing his ranger training, but he's also looking for evidence that the Centauri are involved in the raiding that's going on. And uh, he joins the crew of the Maria. And uh, on the, meanwhile, back on Babylon 5, Londo uh, makes Veer the next in line to be ambassador when he... Uh, Heads back to uh, back to Centauri Prime, which he I mean he's not doing. Oops, I'm sorry, uh, there was some distortion there for some reason. Can you hear me, Adam? Oh, I can hear you. Yes. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Continue. There was just a little bit of interference. Yeah. Um. Did you catch any of that? Or I yeah, I caught everything but like the last sentence. Oh, last sentence was just. So, what did you think of this episode? Um. So I liked it. I thought that the next two were better episodes, in my opinion. This definitely had mm-hmm. stuff that was in- engaging. I, it was kind of Top Gun-like in a way because <laughs> because they had Lanier sort of going back into training, even though he's not really a trainee. And I was a little unclear at the commander of that vessel, who I really liked. I thought the guy that they, they hired, I felt like there was a more big-name actor they were going for with this guy. Yeah, but, like, yeah. he felt Montoya right. Montoya was the character, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, did he, I was a little unclear, did he know that Lanier was there to do what he was doing, or was he, because he seemed to understand that Lanier was at least more experienced than the other. I don't think he knows knows Lanier's mission. I mean, well, you know, because remember, Lanier tells him, up like, early on that, hey, I worked with, you know, mm-hmm. Sheridan and Delenn, and he's like, ooh, big fancy pants. But, uh, okay. you know, uh, no, but... Uh, but yeah, he he didn't know about the uh, the actual mission with the Centauri. That was something Lanier was up to on his own. But but yeah, I I, I mean I you know the issue with this is just like I don't know. We've got all these big things going on, and I mean a big part of this episode deals with the other character who I didn't care enough to even remember his name, and I didn't actually. Right, now I think about it, but that other guy who's insecure, and I'm just like uh, I don't know. Findel, I don't really right Findel. Oh, Fidel, that's it. Yeah, I just wasn't that engaged with that plot line, really. I mean, I liked Montoya a lot. That made the episode good, you know. And I mean, it was was cool getting to. Oh, go ahead. I say, and it was cool getting to see Minbari fighters from the inside and stuff. I'm like, oh, those cockpits are kind of interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that was a nice. I I thought that was cool. The interior of 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 his of, of the fighter vessel was was really neat looking. And, it, and mm-hmm. it fit the the Mimbari approach, and it it just worked. It worked visually on screen a lot. It kind of, I don't know, kind of reminded me. It had like a 2001 vibe to it. Something about the aesthetic of the inside of that. It reminded yeah. me of the, the when when he's crawling through the hal. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, right. That's so, right. Um, but uh, I liked Montoya's solution to that guy, to Findel's 
problem. Now, I don't know how yeah. Findell got to the point that he did because he obviously did not belong there. That's but, uh, another kind of hole in the episode I was wondering about. But uh, it seems like you're pretty, you know, you know, you've been training but, for a while apparently to get to this stage. But then think about it this way: we live in a world where a guy like Garibaldi can be the head of a massive intelligence organization. So I think it's reasonable. Um, and uh, that that brings me to the other part. I'm, I mean, I, I'm a little torn about the Garibaldi storyline. On the one hand, I, yeah. think, I think I think it's it's better than having it be the Franklin one. Um, and it's kind of interesting that at the start of the show, Franklin was the guy who was like the annoying character. And Garibaldi was like not the annoying character. You know what I mean, like, like, like Franklin was a little bit self righteous and difficult mm-hmm. to deal with, and Garibaldi was sort of more, I don't know, like he 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 wasn't he didn't he didn't grade on you. And now it's kind of gone in the opposite direction, where I really like Franklin now. Like Franklin oh, yeah. is is one of my favorite characters because he's he's kind. It's like like he they. He he filed down some of the rougher rougher edges on the righteousness, and it's he's just found the right the right yeah. center for all this stuff. And just, Gar- just a really good guy at this point. Is yeah, all he is, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you would want to any... you would want to have a beer with Franklin, and you would also yeah. want him by your side in a crisis. And uh, and Garibaldi, I would not want him by my side in a crisis, and I definitely wouldn't want to have a beer <laughs> with him. <laughs> so he's... yeah, well, it's it's. I mean, the thing is, he, he's just, you know, I mean, comparing it to the Franklin thing, it's like Garibaldi, just when he drinks, is completely, like, incompetent. Like, yeah. just, he just, you know, it's like, you know, with, with Franklin and his addiction, I mean, you know, he'd be kind of on the borderline. But, you know, when he was doing his stim things, he could still function. Whereas, with, you know, with Garibaldi, it's like he just drinks and he's just the complete screw up. Completely. <laughs> Franklin was taking a performance-enhancing drug. He was taking something because <laughs> he was so dedicated to his craft. He wanted to always be at peak condition for it. Garibaldi yeah. is taking a drug that takes away from his ability to do what he needs to do, and and he's trying to escape from the stresses of, of yeah. you know he he's running away from from his job. Franklin was running toward you know what I mean. Franklin was just too committed. It, there were opposite problems. But uh, but I feel like I I don't know the thing that bothers me about Garibaldi is just he, he just gets so annoying when he gets this way like he yeah he, he, and and I know he's supposed to be that way he's supposed to be annoying but like his his whole his just inability to take any response like like he's responsible for massive failures by the end of these three episodes like massive ma- like th- there's no excuse for him being in that position anymore he needs to be removed for the safety yeah. of everybody. And, uh, yeah. um, and, and he should be the first person to acknowledge that like that, you know, I think at one point he even reveals that he's the head of the intelligence agency when he's ordering a pizza. He, he, he mentions that he's the, 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 the leader of the covert intelligence intelligence, uh, operation on Babylon five to the pizza guy. And who knows if that goes anywhere, but. Well, I, I don't know if that's that secret though. Is it a secret that he's got that job or not? I'm unclear. He said on covert. That. So I'm assuming oh, okay. that, that means. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that means he's supposed to be at least discreet about it. Um, Either way, it was a it was a weird thing yeah. to do. That's yeah. for sure. And, I mean, can you imagine? You know, the head of like the Department of Homeland Security or the CIA calls you and and announce you know in a drunken stupor. You know, even even yeah. even if you know who they are, the fact that they're drunk and ordering a pizza is troubling. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's definitely the case. Definitely the case. But yeah, I. No, I, I'm with you, and it's it's just, 
I, I, I just don't feel entirely comfortable with, with what's going on with Garibaldi from the standpoint too, that I don't, I don't know, you know, if he's so big on not doing this thing, you know, why is he, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just a, a really, he has no interest in following up on anything he's doing as the intelligence head. I, I don't know. It's just a very, I'm not, I just, it's, it's a weird angle, but yeah. And, and I don't, I mean, and again, I think it's some of the stuff they do. It doesn't get afternoon special. You know what I mean? There, there are moments when it kind of does, but it's not because it's Garibaldi. It's not as bad as it could be. I think. I think that I think the Franklin yeah. episodes with the drugs. It felt like, well, that's not like a real addiction. He's addicted to like coffee, basically. And and uh, and, uh, and, and, and 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 in and, uh, in this, at least, it's like a it's a real addiction. Like you can definitely see it as like a real addiction. Um, yeah. But I just feel like he should have gotten the boot. Like. Um, the constant like and, and and in fairness i mean they 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 handled it well zach is probably the one and i know this isn't an upcoming episode it's not this one but the people sure. that should be sort of managing him it's believable the way that they they deal with him but i don't know i'm hoping i'm I, I don't know where it's going i'm just hoping that that they resolve it before the third catastrophe do you know what i mean like like the, yeah. was the you know so um but i don't know what what was your overall view of the episode I liked it overall. I mean, like I said, I it's you know I, I complained about the whole plot line with the with the rookie that you know Lanier's coaching and so on, but I I didn't hate it or anything. I just was like, well, I don't know if the, it just it just felt like pretty petty for this this with all the epic things going on and how late we are into the series. I'm like, eh, mm. it, it it just didn't didn't add a whole lot to the show. But I, it was it was fine. I like I said, I think Montoya added a lot to that to that and uh but of course you know another element too is that Lanier is on this mission uh secretly you know Glenn has given him the mission without telling Sheridan which is uh comes up again later but yeah this was a this was a solid episode but it, it's like you say the other next two are better because this is kind of just laying the groundwork for what will happen in the next two and we and we do get a lot of important delenn and lanier stuff in this and and again i think yeah delenn is sending him very mixed signals i feel because yeah. he's clearly in love with her um it's written all over his face i mean she should be able to see it even if he's not i don't think he's actually said it to her and i don't know if she knows or not i can't i can't remember if there's been a moment where she's sort of at least indicated that she's aware but when you know but when she tenderly touches him like that you know he's obviously uh-huh. you know he's he's looking for any you know ray of hope he can find and so it's a very perilous situation and then to 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 then send him into this mission you know in the it seems like a really dangerous cocktail to me like i know he's the best person but there's not like one other membari that's you know that's that's passable <laughs> for the job um uh, yeah, well, the, the other the other thing too, this is something I forgot actually. The the there is one crucial part in the whole Lanier coaching the rookie plot line, which is Lanier lectures him about your desire to be on La Shock must be pure. You know, yeah. you can't do this for the wrong reasons, and it's like, well, aren't you doing this to impress a girl? You know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and, and it's funny too because Lanier he's at, he's playing the character a little bit differently this episode too. I noticed that like. His mannerisms are less nerdy, for lack of a better word. Lanier's always mm-hmm. kind of—he was always kind of boyish and nerdy, and he does not feel boyish and nerdy this episode. He's got a much more muted effect, and I think it makes sense. Um, yeah. 
but it also makes me a little bit nervous, you know, because it doesn't, I don't think Lanier is suited for that sort of life. Um, you know, that's yeah. not, that's not the Lanier that, that I don't think he's meant to be, you know, on the shock. I think he's meant to be, uh, you know, uh, uh religious cats. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think he's meant to scribe books, you know, like that's his, yeah. you know, he's a historian. He, he's, he's at his peak when he's putting motorcycles together for Garibaldi. That's, <laughs> that's what Lanier needs to be doing. And he does not need to be going on life and death missions. And, uh, I mean, he's a good person to have on deck, obviously, like in a, in sure. a if technical stuff is required, but he's not, not somebody I want going out like in a solitary fighter, uh, you know, being a, I don't know what the what the term for Mimbari would be, but being a man, like he's just that's just not his thing. Um, so, so I don't know. So I'm concerned for Lanier, and uh, and I, I think we we you know we see further evidence that that's needed as the episodes unfold. But uh, so yeah. why don't we go into Darkness Ascending? Um, yeah. yeah, you know it's funny. I didn't even when I was watching these episodes, it didn't even occur to me how dark the uh, the names of all these episodes are. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a pretty gloomy trilogy we've got to talk about this week. I was thinking about watching the episodes. I'm like, man, this is a this is a pretty uh pretty grim series of episodes. <laughs> Usually, there's like at least one lighter one in the mix or something. Yeah. But, but no, but yeah, this one uh uh obviously the plot line with Lanier continues in this one with him figuring out what's going on with the other ships. Uh, Sheridan finds out what Lanier is up to. Uh, Lita talks to, well, she, she uh, attempts talking to, uh, you know, planetary expeditions to get their help for the site telepaths and ends up, uh, ends up going to Jakar in this episode. And uh, Lise, uh Garibaldi's lover shows up in this episode. So those are the balls we're juggling in this one. And the Lolita one was interesting because that you, you had mentioned tone, and, and that was actually one of the few things in the episode that got into sort of lighter territory at certain yeah. points. But it also had this really dark undercurrent to it the whole time. Like there was all <laughs> like there was that scene where I think Garibaldi wakes up during a dream and he sees Lita and her eyes are all shiny, and she says, "I've decided to not hide what the Vorlon did to me." Uh, you shouldn't be up. Go to sleep. And then he wakes up again, and you don't know if it's a dream. It's probably not a dream. That probably happened, but uh, but it could yeah, be a dream. Yeah, it's really ambiguous. Yeah, yeah it was it was a very kind of Twin Peaks-ish moment there in the show. But, yeah, uh... <laughs> it, it was Twin Peaks meets, um, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the movie. Um, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger on Mars. Oh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. It had a Total Recall yeah. vibe to, to me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so... But then the rest of the stuff with Lita was a lot more light, and it was her dealing with. And Jacquard asked her in the pilot, I think, to to yes. he wanted some of her DNA. And and it's funny because it's never been brought up again. But and, and I thought it was just like okay, they they tried it and didn't work, so they're not going to bring that back with Jacquard. But it was clear that Jacquard was kind of putting the moves on her when yeah. when because he, he was like, well, we could do it by just you know we could just take a sample of your DNA, or we can do it the the old fashioned way. And he had kind of a look in his eye. And this, they, they sort of confirmed that Jakar has the hots for Lita Alexander. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's interesting because I don't think we've ever seen Jakar have any interest in anybody uh, the, in the entire series, right? Like, has there been any other character where he's... No, it's, it's all kind of off stage. I mean, like in the first season and second season, he does kind of a lot of womanizing in the background. But it's like it's not, 
there's no there hasn't been any any character relationship with him at all so yeah it, it, you're right it does give it a little more weight yeah because there was uh, the, yeah because there was a I, I i think you're right there was a scene where somebody came to his quarters and he was occupied um so, yeah. yeah but but this this was different that that was that was he was an ambassador who you know uh, you know these the, the, it was a much different situation this this felt more mm-hmm. like he had like a, a an earnest attraction to Lita and he was worried that it wasn't reciprocated like that was sort of the vibe yeah. I was getting from it there, there was um, definitely some chemistry going on in those those scenes though yeah. and uh... and it was funny because she was kind of flirting back with him and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because she just wanted she had these 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 goals that she wants and so she's just willing to to placate uh to placate him in that way or if if uh you know i don't know i i don't know in this universe how common it is for narn and humans to to find each other attractive but 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 shikar's a i mean he's a um charismatic person so it's not yeah. beyond the realm of believability that it's reciprocated uh so i found that i, I even though we know shikar is going to end up with londo trapped on centauri the next episode it was a nice moment it was like a nice sort of exchange and also the there was they, they brought back things that like you hadn't thought about like that i think there, there was some weird thing that he mentioned in the pilot about her pleasure threshold and something yeah. to do with the way that, that narn and so and she'd obviously done her research and she was like oh jacar by the way you asked me if i have a pleasure you know what my pleasure threshold is and he's like i don't have one and so, yeah. you know, was, and again, I don't, it, they're never going to go anywhere with it, but it was like, it was amusing to sort of bring back these things and, and to have, you know, it, 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 there was like a remarkable degree of confidence on the Lita Alexander character's part, the way that yeah. she was handling Jakar in that situation that I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just, it was, an, it was, a, it was a surprising scene. I wasn't expecting it. Um, no, I mean it, it. It was a good scene because obviously she was negotiating with him. But yeah, there was there was a warmth between the characters at the same time, so it worked. And uh, of course, then we get the, the later scene too, where where we get the answer. But I don't remember if that was this episode or the next one. I think that was this episode. I think it was. It? And basically, he agrees, and uh, he kind of tries to trick her. And again, it's not clear if she's tricking him or he's tricking her. But he, he, he yeah. says, okay, but there's one requirement. You need to occasionally spy on the ambassadors, you know, from time to time. Just give us some information. And number one, when he said that, I was like, that does not sound like Jakar this season. That sounds like Jakar from five yeah. seasons ago. I think that this, is, is he just like, are they messing up his character or is this like a, a ruse? And, and so she says, well, I can't do that. And he's like, okay, good, because that was just a test. And, yeah. But I'm wondering, you know, she could have scanned him and known that he was... You know I mean? She could have. She so. could have. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think it was though. I mean I think I think I think she does, you know, have some principles about the whole thing. I mean Well uh, I'm interested to know where she's going with all this because she's it's a it's a uh, well number one, I'm gl- I'm I'm I, I, I think it's good seeing that character take initiative because she was sort of stuck yeah. in a place where she was becoming full of resentment and just like felt like well she was relying on Sheridan and all these other people to 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 make things happen for her and and, yeah. and after the Byron plot again i don't know where she's going maybe she's going someplace incredibly dark but but right now at least she's um she's taking initiative and she's 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 using the resources that that she has which are tremendous because the Vorlon really tweaked her in a in a, mm-hmm. in, a in a very powerful way 
So uh, she's a capable character. She doesn't have to rely on these other characters. And so I think I think that's sort yeah. of the realization that she's had. And it's kind of it's kind of nice to see that character finally come into her own and not go down this path where she's just getting more and more resentful. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, Lita's Lita's just a very likable character for me. I, uh, I I generally enjoy when she's around on the show. So yeah, I. You're right. That was that was kind of the one ray of light through these three episodes, seeing seeing her get get a nice uh, a nice win there, and uh, and uh, so. But then to get to the the Garibaldi uh, <laughs> storyline, which actually I enjoyed. I didn't think I would even even down to the scene where like the wife finds the bottle, and you know, <laughs> you know it was that was very afternoon special. But I I, I enjoyed it. I thought. Um, number one, I wasn't sure. Is this the same actress that plays Elise or is it a yeah. different actress? Okay. Cause she I just looked so. a little different. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes people, they, their hair is different or something, mm-hmm. but I just, or maybe I just haven't seen her on screen long enough to really know what she looks like. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. She comes back and he's not at all. So here's the other part that's a little annoying about Garibaldi. He spent so long pining over this woman and wanting her to come back. I know. And now that she's like, okay, I'm back, he wants nothing to do with her. Um, which, yeah. you know, is behavior I've seen in people before. So it's not, you know, in, in, in a person no. like Garibaldi, I can totally believe he's that type of person. Um, but it's kind of like misery he's bringing on himself. And uh, uh, But the scene I liked was the scene when they go to dinner and he's trying not to drink. And... And and they or and the the maitre d who's sort of like, you know, sort of the you know in, in American movies when you want a place to be snooty, the maitre d <laughs> or the waiter has an English accent, and uh and so he's got like the he's got like that that snooty accent, uh and any um, and 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 he's pushing the drinks on them really hard. He's like, would you like anything to drink? And Garibaldi's like, you know what, just give me a coffee, and and really that's that should be enough. Like I've never been to a restaurant. And somebody's asked me if I want a drink and I ask for coffee that they've pressed me to, to, you know, no, sir. I said, do you want any drinks? And so the guy just keeps pushing him and Garibaldi sort of freaks out. And the wife is like, what are you doing? And I was sort of thinking in that scene, like, I don't know, Garibaldi had every right to kind of get snappy. Like the guy was really pushing the drinks and Garibaldi told him like like, five times, I just want a coffee. So he's at the, he's at the, at the theme restaurant and it's like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the wait staff has a percentage of their novelty, you know, cocktails they have to sell, you know, per night, you know, and he's pushing it hard. But uh, would you like our apple martini? But uh... <laughs> but it was I don't know. I was like, that guy really deserved yeah. to kind of get snapped at. And then and then. Yeah. And then Garibaldi. And then there was a funny moment where Garibaldi leaves for a few minutes and pours some booze into his coffee. And the, <laughs> the waiter sees him. He's like, oh, OK, you want the special coffee. I get you. I'll get you the special coffee every time now. So now there's yeah. a situation I realized where even if Garibaldi's trying not to drink, he could accidentally go to this <laughs> restaurant and the guy could give him booze filled coffee and he's off the wagon again. Um, yeah, but her her getting mad at him over being mean to the well, you know, snapping at the at the waiter. Yeah, you know, it's kind of thing where, yeah, I, I had a problem with that from the standpoint that the episode does set up. She needs to be upset at him over the drinking thing. That's reasonable. Mm. But it's like, it's like having her get upset about something else. It just kind of pushes their characters yeah. too far into this antagonistic zone where it's like, well. We're, you know, you, you want us to see some good side to this relationship so we care about the bad stuff. And her 
her giving him like a hard time over some waiter being a jerk is you know well like, eh. and also the reason he gets mad is he's trying not to drink so to get mad at him yeah. because he's being he's taking strong measures to not drink it yeah. seems so i mean she that would be the moment for her to be a little understanding well, i think well her having the glass of wine too so yeah. i was just like geez you're getting just a big fat glass of wine you're gonna <laughs> sit there and drink it in front of him come on yeah yeah that was uh yeah i i, I don't know I, I think i think i think you know garibaldi's definitely got his issues but i have a feeling some of the problems in this relationship stem from elise i think that uh i think we can't <laughs> let her off the hook entirely um yeah and and also garibaldi i mean you know he's got a really high-powered important position so i mean it's not like do you know what i mean it's 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 there's some responsibility on the part of the person who's with him to sort of understand oh my god like this is like a this is like the president of the united states or this is like the head of national security and yeah and he has a serious problem i sh i you know like like my personal stake in this person's relationship is less important than <laughs> than making sure that person does not drink do you know what i mean um, yeah yeah but so. it's yeah it, it is it is you know like you say garibaldi you said earlier garibaldi's arc in this is really kind of kind of frustrating because it's like yeah it's like he you know he's, he's blowing off his job but he's going oh i've got this important job with you know when he's talking to lease and it's like and he just yeah it's like it's hard, you know, it's because he basically doesn't want anything at this point. You know, I mean, it used to be when he'd be in a relationship, and he's like, oh, I'm all about the job. He really was all about the job. But now it's it's hard to have sympathy for a character when there's absolutely nothing they really seem to want other than, you know, destroying themselves. Well, that's, but that's what he wants. He wants the booze. He's, he's, he wants yeah. to be drunk all day. That's what he wants. And so, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just think, uh, I think that's fine. I just think Garibaldi probably is... So number one, if the thing with Bester didn't happen, I think this would be a little bit more believable. But I mean, if I was Sheridan, I'd be on guard for everything with Garibaldi. And I, yeah. and I think I think also Sheridan bears a lot of the blame here because he put him in charge of you know intelligence I without know. any checks and balances. You know, nobody know. to keep an eye on him, nobody to make sure he wasn't programmed in some weird way by Bester that they didn't find. Um, you know, and and. Uh, and the only person there is to sort of keep tabs on him, I don't know if it was this episode or I think it might be next episode where Zach confronts him, but uh, is Zach. And so, and Zach is not in any position to really, like, like Zach is, is his former pupil, if anything. So it's not a, you know, it, it, you can just totally see how Zach would not be an effective uh, mm -hmm. counterpoint to him. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I, I mean, again, you know, it's, 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 it's intentional. It's not unintentional. So, I mean, these are feelings that the writers want me to have, but, uh, um, yeah. but I feel like, you know, there's a little, they, they should have been a little bit more on guard against Garibaldi in this, in, in you know, going down this path, I would think, cause they know about the drinking and they know about Bester. And so those two things I'm going to like, like, like just the way intelligence generally works. Like, you know, like they don't give people, uh you know um what is it they give them uh they don't give them security clearances when they have those kinds of issues like they look at like is the person have uh you know character issues related to things like drinking or whatever yeah. mental health issues um you know investor manipulating your brain um financial issues you know these are the, it's like these kinds of things are what get exploited when people try to turn 
you know, an intelligence officer into, uh, into an asset for their country or something. So I, I, I feel like, uh, Sheridan's a military guy. He knows, he, he understands how clearances work. He, you know, if he wants to be nice to Garibaldi and give him a good position where he can, where they can draw on his skills, fine. But maybe keep him in a room where they can draw, they can draw on his skills, but he doesn't, ha- he doesn't have the ability to to allow a mission to fall to hell. Um, yeah, well, the thing is, Garibaldi, as as I brought up before, you know, way way back when he was, you know, security chief early on, it's like it's pretty clear. This character is somebody who's like a really good detective, but not a good administrator. Because it's yeah. like his idea of, of running running the alliance's intelligence is doing everything himself. I mean, <laughs> that's it. It's like the, you he's, know, yeah, he's, he's running it like a private security company that's yeah, run by one guy with no employees. <laughs> you know, because I mean, you know, the ep- next episode will have the incident where he. Uh, you know, just gets drunk and misses the signal. It's yeah. like, well, why was the guy manning waiting for the signal him? I mean, you would you put one of your guys on that. You know, yeah. okay, when this signal comes in, let the white star know and you know, but no, he, he does it all by himself, you know, twenty four hours a day. And no, it's I mean, you know, it's 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 like uh he runs it like a local business. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like uh it, it, it's it, it's it's a little bit odd. Um, was there anything else in this episode uh, before we move uh, on? Oh well, there's the whole thing with Lanier uh, tracking the uh, you know the, the the Centauri ships. Oh yeah, um, that was kind of important. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if there's a lot to say about it because I mean this kind of you know it, it's just the revelation and a lot of scenes, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a big deal. <laughs> and, uh, and it was it, it would happen. It just happens to also be you know like like really primo footage because they have the the people saying you know you know we haven't done anything to you okay you know take what you want but spare the women and children you know, it's, a, it's a very yeah. uh, <laughs> it almost looks too good to be true um but uh you know which which i'm sure you know is one of the reasons why londo is very skeptical of it when when they when they bring it to him next episode but yeah we, yeah. we should probably get into the next episode just to uh to sort of capitalize on that revelation which is really what the episode yeah. is about um so what what happens in uh, all my dreams torn asunder? Well, pretty much the the title happens, but uh, yeah, we have the uh, we, you know at the end of the last episode, they uh, you know uh, Sheridan and Delenn got the actual intelligence from Lanier, and they have to reveal it to the council, and uh, you know obviously they uh, they have a council session and they they shut the you know, shut Londo out of the session and. I feel I feel they handled that very badly, but uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I would agree with that. And uh, from there, it uh, it basically spirals towards all-out war between the Alliance and the Centauri. But uh, yeah, I don't. What did you think of this one? Oh, I thought this was a great episode. I I, I, I was I was I had to stop myself from watching the next episode. We're getting into the <laughs> yeah. sort of finale territory. It's a it's a new war. Like this is like you know war has been declared basically. It seems and uh, you know things are coming to a head. But it's not it's not the same kind of conflicts we've had in the past. So it feels like like you were saying the whole time. It feels like the right scale for a single yeah. season. But the other thing I liked about it is the scenes where Londo is sort of grappling with all of this, you know, these revelations and and he's sort of going before the council when they finally do let him in and trying to, you know, make the points, you know, that, you know, that the Centauri want to make. 
it mirrors a lot of his earlier moments before the council, but, and he's saying mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff. He's basically, you know, he's very good at sort of dismissing allegations. That, that seems to be Londo's strength because <laughs> these are airtight allegations. And he's, you know, he, he immediately has the right, uh, uh, you know, like, no, we have direct footage. We had, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he has all, you know, like, you know, very good counterpoints. But in his eyes, you don't get the sense that he believes his own counterpoints. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference yeah. here. I feel like he feels very tired. He feels he's not enthusiastically pursuing. Like he's making the points, you know, like like professionally, like he like he's making good arguments. But you can just tell that something in his eyes. He's not. Uh, he, he's he's skeptical of what his government is telling him, and he even raises points of skepticism when they when he's talking to them, uh, you know, privately. And uh, and so you know it's 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 the 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 downfall here seems to be uh, the inner circles uh, treatment of Londo and that they they probably should have like you were saying they they should have let him into some of those council meetings when these things mm-hmm. were coming to light so that he could have said something at the time maybe they should have uh, informed him person you know what I mean just just because I mean he's the leak but. At this point, if you if 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 it's going to devolve into war anyways, right? You might as well try to salvage Londo out of the situation. Yeah, um, I mean, if he's the leak, I mean, the, going to him with this evidence would be enough for him to let let him know, hey, don't pass this down the chain because you're there, you know, because he he isn't specifically the leak. He's the the tube that leads to whoever. The leak is, you know. Well, I mean, well, I mean, obviously he's he is he's, the leak. he's an he's unintentional leak. He, do, he doesn't realize yeah. that he's giving information that's being used against the alliance. That's the um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously because it is the Centauri. You know, I mean, it's just the Centauri government is effectively the bad guys here. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I feel like they could have handled Londo better in some way to try and and deal with the situation, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a tough thing because I mean, obviously, the downside there is if they had told Londo ahead of time, and the rest of the alliance found out, it'd be like, why are you, you know, why are you tipping them off? Why are you giving them warning? Why are you giving them a chance to to cover this up? So, it's it, it is a difficult situation. But I, mainly, a lot of it, I would have liked them to handle it better because I I like Londo at this point in the story, and it's it's really it's just really sad to see Londo get trapped in this situation. But also, just from a long term strategic point of view, they know Londo is going to be the next emperor, right? So, like that's mm-hmm. so you know you you want to even if if even just like removing the personal attachment to Londo, I think it was it, it, something where they. They know Londo's personality. Obviously, uh, you know, like the, the, you, you, he's easy to push into the darkness, and so uh, yeah, you know, doing what you can to not do that, give him a chance to at least, you know, I mean, he's he's earned the right to sort of prove himself, right? Like he's yeah, he's done a one eighty. Uh, I know that the the consequences could be catastrophic but i mean you give garibaldi a second chance you can certainly <laughs> give londo a second chance um so so i think uh i think that uh you know they 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 misstep but it's an understandable misstep it's it's one where it's like you said the, all of the choices before them were not that good and yeah and one of the things we know about sheridan he doesn't always make the right choice that's kind of one of the interesting things about the show um yeah. you know he's he's the opposite of uh of sinclair sinclair always seemed to make the right choice like he always kind yeah. of thread the needle perfectly 
and and it's cool because that sort of makes sense that he would become like a like a prophet do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but uh uh, but but sheridan's a much more uh i don't know how he he's a he's a he's got more flaws than sinclair uh and and uh and one of them is his decision making process isn't he's good on he's good on the deck of a ship he's not always good on these sort of uh more complicated calls Um, yeah we had that you know a a number of episodes back we had the thing where he did the he had the big strategic move of putting his white stars in there all blocking all the other ships you know it's and and the alliance's reaction is just you're being a jerk yeah we we don't like you you know you're you're gonna regret this because you know we we were just we all we're just scared about our ships and you're just being a big bully and i mean you know it was it was like it's a shared going with his military mind like aha i've got the perfect strategic move here and no, no, it's it's not it's not right when you're the president. <laughs> and, I, and I should say we had an interesting moment. I think it was a couple episodes back where Jakar and Franklin kind of got some bonding time. Um, when they've had bonding time, but Franklin but and who? Franklin and Jakar over the religious yeah. thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We missed that. I, um, I yeah, I like that a lot too. Well, I like because I had forgotten that Franklin was a foundationist. And so it was actually important oh, yeah. to be reminded of that because I was like, oh, yeah, he is the I keep thinking he's not like, a, you know, like a religious person. But then, no, he's got this foundationist religion that he follows. And uh, and and so he it was interesting that he he was the guy who read the book of, of Jakar and thought he made some good points. And so you could see because basically I think a foundationist, they're basically kind of like Jungians or um, uh uh, you know, like adherence of Joseph Campbell's like approach to, uh, or Houston yeah. Smith's approach to religion. Um, and so I feel like he looks at it very metaphorically looking for the common threads. And, and so I could see him finding Jakar's book interesting. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that was a, that was kind of a, uh, you know, and it, 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 it wasn't necessary, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of stuff going on, but it kind of, uh, it, 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 it helped wrap up the, the book of Jakar storyline a bit. And, and we get a little bit more closure on it when, uh, Jakar is about to leave for Centauri and he gives Delenn, uh, 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 like his corrections <laughs> to, to because he's early, early in the book of Jakar, he says some things that, uh, that he's not a hundred percent behind anymore. Um, I do have yeah. to wonder if Delenn is the best vessel for that because I don't think the Narn are going to necessarily believe that this addendum presented to them by a Mimbari is, uh, you know, I mean, I can That's see it. I can see a dividing. I can see how there's going to be a sectarian line drawn where some people believe <laughs> in the pure book of Jakar that is, you know, the, the, without the addendum and, and then the people who accept the addendum, the, and, the new Testament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's even, it's, 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 uh, it's a little bit like that, I think, but I think it's also just sort of the, um, you know, even even among Christians, there's you know. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's um, what, what it's it's what what books are apocryphal and yeah. what books aren't kind of deal. And, uh, so, and so yeah, so I think some might consider the the addendum apocryphal. Who knows what Delenn did to that document after she was hand, it was handed it to her? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but and I and I like that the book of Jakar is an exact replication down to the coffee cup stain. That was yeah. A, yeah, which was mentioned quite a while back, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, and I, I, it was just a nice moment between Franklin and Jakar. As we're getting as we're getting, you know, towards the end of the series, just those 
the moments like, you know, Jakar, Lita, Jakar, Franklin. It's just nice to have these these kind of moments as we're getting close to the end of the series. Well, and, and one that I particularly liked was the Garibaldi line. When he, he wasn't even present for the line, but he said that the, the coffee cup stain was Garibaldi's coffee cup, and Garibaldi said that it was the best part of the book of Juan. Because you could very easily see him saying that. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that was a... I like that stuff, but, but it gets, you know, and like you said, they give, there's like a lot of nice closure with the characters. Everybody's kind of going on their final pathway here. It seems, um, Zach has an opportunity to intervene with Garibaldi this episode. He kind of, I mean, I think he does about as effective a job as you could. It just wasn't enough. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously he could have, he could have reported Garibaldi, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Zach has that in him. So <laughs> no, no, I don't, th- I don't think he could. And I, I think, I think then we would have been dealing with Zach having issues. So as we, as we learned back with the Nightwatch plot line, Zach just isn't very good at reporting on people. Yeah. That's his, that's his, his downfall. It's why he made a bad Nightwatch guy. Well, it's also his strength, I guess. It's, you know, I know, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but no, I, I think too, um, I think he just didn't understand how precarious, like, well, no, he did understand how precarious things were because he said, you know, you're going to, you know, people are going to die because of, you know, because of this, this isn't, and, and, and Garibaldi yeah. accused him of being melodramatic, but I mean, obviously this isn't like, you know, he's not, he's not, run, he's not like the manager of Sears. He's the head of, 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 you know, B- Babylon five intelligence and he's operate he's, he's managing a, an operation where, you know, lives are at stake. So it's not, yeah. it's not a melodramatic thing to say. And, uh, and so, I don't know, I like, I like the exchange between them. And I thought Zach came out better in the end of it than, uh, than, than Garibaldi. Um, oh, definitely. So, yeah. And Garibaldi was very manipulative in that, uh, in, in that, in that way that addicts can be. Yeah. He just had that, that, you know, you know, I just need more time and, you know, and, and who are you to judge me? <laughs> I know all the terrible things you did. Well, yeah. And the shame is Sheridan's the kind of guy that they could, Zach could bring this to him and, and Sheridan could smooth it over so that Garibaldi suffers the minimal amount of loss of face. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, you could easily see Sheridan saying, okay, I'm going to get him into some kind of medical treatment for the next five months. And, you know, you know, well, I don't know if he has any other choices in terms of who would be the head of intelligence, but I'm sure he can find somebody. And, uh, you know, I mean, because, I mean, he certainly wouldn't want a drunk Garibaldi man, man, manning that. No. That, you know, it would be better to have, you know, if because the issue was they needed somebody to, re- to receive the call. <laughs> and so it just was, you know, the scene where Garibaldi is just passed out. And then, and then you know, the next scene where Sheridan's asking him what happened. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. He, he, you know, and, and he's just shifting blame to, you know, and he, it was, it was, I was a little bit annoyed that, that his, that his responsibility for that didn't even come to light during that conversation. I felt like, like yeah. it would have been reported to Sheridan that they were trying to reach Garibaldi and they couldn't like, that seems like a really big thing that. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of, a lot of red flags leading up to this, but, uh, I don't know. I guess Sheridan had a lot on his plate, but, uh, it's, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 uh, of course you know we have Londo leaves the station and potentially forever they say you know he won't be let back while the war's going on and maybe not ever, 
So maybe it's maybe it's Londo's last time ever leaving Babylon Five. Now, Jakar goes with him. Jakar decides to remain as his bodyguard, which is a yeah. really brave but stupid thing to do. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he, he, I mean, he is cutting himself off from any, I, I, like, Londo is the only Centauri that we know of aside from Veer who likes Jakar, who like wouldn't want him dead, and every yeah. other Centauri, like, clearly wants him to die. Like, like, yeah, like, you know what I mean. And 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 on top of that. His his relationship with Londo is very precarious at this moment, so uh, <laughs> so he's he, there's, there's a lot of he's Shikar must be a very hopeful person to to or just incredibly brave to uh to be willing to go to uh, Centauri like this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how precarious his relationship with Londo is though, because I think I think Londo really you know they have the scene where Shikar goes to see Londo and he's like, oh, did you finish telling them everything you learned when you were on Centauri? And he's like, no, I. You know, I think Londo really respected the fact that Jakar didn't wa- wasn't spying. No, that's I true. But what I mean was... is, um, Londo like it would be so easy for like even in that scene, Londo was suspicious of Jakar. You can imagine true. being trapped on Centauri Prime, surrounded by people that are hostile to you. You know, yeah. that's that's like. Like, like they have a good relationship now, but it's not good enough. It's not like as good as Jakar sure. and Franklin's relationship. I'd totally yeah. trust Franklin never to throw me in a jail cell. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent convinced Londo wouldn't throw me in a jail cell. We even get to a point where he has to make that kind of a call, and ultimately it turns out Londo. You're right. Londo sort of um, is a. Uh, uh, is a is a good friend back to Shikar and 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 there's reciprocal loyalty there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I but but leading up to it, there's a moment where that I forget what position he is, but he's the guy who's like the go between for when you want to deal with the regent. Yeah, I don't a, know what his position but, is exactly. But I don't he know is if just ever a, said. he's just a smarmy, just just a you know you're just <laughs> supposed to despise this guy because he's such a yeah. such a snooty go between and uh, uh and. You know, you. I didn't know how Londo was going to react to that. I, I, I was, I, I did. I mean, I didn't think he was going to say, ah, chuck him in the, in the cell. But I didn't think he was going to selflessly, you know, allow himself. And, and obviously, he was surprised. He didn't think they were. Actually yeah, I don't think he, he meant to either. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he was willing to accept the concept because I think that's something he could have backed out of once he got. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he committed to it. Um. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's um. It's a. It, they're definitely not in a good situation, and uh, and we only know it's gonna get. It's only gonna get like ten times worse once the shoulder people get involved. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, shoulder people. I don't. Have, yeah, I, I don't know what their names are yet, and I'm not. Uh, uh, I don't know. That that's the part of them that scares me. You know, just the the. You know, that's 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 the insidious element. So, uh, that you know, they're, they're paras- that they're that that parasitic thing we saw in Londo is what has me alarmed. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I thought this was a really good episode. I, I and the and the scene, you know, where Sheridan kind of rebukes the council. Uh, it was really weirdly edited, by the way. I, I, I they were going for some kind of yeah. hyper re- reality effect, I think. Like, and, like homicide, life on the streets, or something. When they were editing that, yeah, because uh, it was, like, <laughs> it was very more? Very... And then he went and said the next thing. Okay, you can have it. Just, it, I mean, it was fine. It's just that I think it was one of those things where, at the time when it came out, it looked a lot more sleek than now. 
Do you know what I mean? Oh, that... Yeah, it was, it was very 90s editing effect, mm-hmm. definitely. Cause, yeah, I mean, Homicide Life on the Streets would do that a lot in its first season. Okay. So I, it could have been worse. It could have been an Ally McBeal editor yeah a little yeah. cgi guy came dancing baby came across CGI the screen or like weird sound effects and to tonal shifts and just you know you know there could have been yeah. like a like the roar of a lion when you know jakar walked in the room who knows what they could have done just just something that just uh you know uh you know again that hyper realistic thing that was sort of in the air at the time um, yeah but it was it was jarring though the editing in that scene which is just because it, it didn't I mean, sometimes they get creative with the directing in this, and it works really well, I, I have to say. But in this one, it, that just felt kind of jarring. They're just like, uh, no. <laughs> but but basically, Sheridan's mad that they, uh, they want war, and, uh, you know, this is not supposed to be about war, and so... Uh, so they're getting war, damn it. And, uh, getting and war, so, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I don't know, but... Uh, there's a very dysfunctional relation. The, the, the council is very dysfunctional. Um and and I feel like uh, they 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 I don't know they they really need to sort of get they 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 need to give the people that are on the council a sense of clarity about what they've achieved. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like people have forgotten you know just how much they've done together, and they just go right back to their bickering uh, over really yeah. petty things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of wish that 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 more of the uh, that we had a little more character development on some of the uh, the alliance members, you know, because they are the the, the Procuri and the, the Drazi and everything. They're always kind of generic characters, and it's like I, I you know, I, I wish I wish we had just a little more depth going on in that that section of the show. But and uh, nope. oh, go ahead. No, 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 that's that's that's. Oh, but but I was gonna say, and they had the um, there was a cool scene with Franklin and Veer. I think it was this episode where Veer escorted Franklin, and I think it was the Procuri. Yeah, attacked him, and uh, and they both, you know, Franklin got. I I haven't seen him spring into action like that in a while, so that was uh, that was nice <laughs> nice reminder. And 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 Veer handled himself as capably as Veer could. I think he got one good wallop in at the end there. Um, yeah, we we actually in the earlier episode forgot to mention him taking the uh the stand apart in the Zocalo with a sword. That was a uh, a big Veer moment. We completely skipped over there. It was, but he was still Veer in that moment. You know, he was That's his true. posture was bad. He, he he it was, you know, he did not look like a warrior. He looked like a guy who was wildly swinging a sword for the first time and just the craziness of it. Uh was Drazi right? It was a Drazi merchant that he. Uh, yeah, it was. yeah. That yes. that's what sort of uh, you know, uh, you know, pacified the guy. I, I I almost thought that Londo had planted the 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 bug himself to instigate the whole thing. <laughs> um, that was my initial suspicion. Um, but uh, but yeah. So then the whole point was okay. Now Vera is ready to be the the ambassador. So we've had a, sort yeah. of like a full arc of development for Vera now, and. Uh, and he's ready to take over. So, so yeah. So, I mean, we're coming up on the 50-minute mark. So, I don't know if there's anything else that we uh, we need to go over for this episode or uh, any additional thoughts. I think, I think we've covered it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I've said all I have to say. So, yep, two more, two more podcasts to go if we keep to the usual watching schedule. All right. So, so we'll have two more. Yeah, so two more podcasts podcasts of babylon 5 where we'll do probably three episodes in each one unless we decide to do 
uh, three because we want to do the final one on its own or something. Um, and uh, and then we're gonna uh, I guess we're gonna jump into Return of Condor Heroes at that point. So I should probably right. uh, prepare people uh, because we, when we first started this, we were doing like very brief. We would do like Doctor Who one day and then another show another day, and then we did Babylon Five, and it was kind of more of a long form. Okay, we're gonna stick with this one show. And we're going to, at least for Return of Condor Heroes, we're going to do something similar where we follow uh, beginning to end of Return of Condor Heroes. And it's not quite as long as Babylon 5, but it is 50 episodes. So it's, what is that, like a three-fourths or half of Babylon 5? Is that... Oh, uh, it's about two seasons worth. So it's oh, less is it? Than... Okay, so it's way less than... But uh, but it's still, that two seasons is a long time. That's, so... that's, that's a long haul, yeah. yeah. So we're going to cover Return of Condor Heroes. And this is like, if you, again, I'm sure a lot of people listening know what it is. But for those who don't, it is a really classic Wuxia story. It's the second story in a three-part trilogy. And movies like The One-Armed Swordsman are based in part on scenes from uh, the Return of Condor Heroes story. And, and it's, it, it, so if you haven't actually even seen you know, the story itself, you've probably caught glimpses of it. In different movies that have drawn, you know, bits of inspiration from it, but uh, it's it's about a, a heroic couple, Yang Guo and Zhao Longnu, and they are super famous. They are so famous that if you've ever seen the movie Zhang Hu Hustle, there's a scene, and Kenny is the one who pointed this out to us when we were doing our, um, I think our Shaolin Soccer uh, discussion. But there's a scene where they meet two people, and in the English dub, they say, "Oh, we're." Um, I think like Paris and Helen of Troy, something like that, like, or, you know, mm. some really big, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, duo from, uh, you know, from, from, from Western literature, uh, you know, in the original it's Yang Gua and Zhao Long Nu. And so that's how that they were, they were struggling to come up with a comparison and they <laughs> came up with, with Paris, with, uh, Paris and Helen of Troy. So, uh, that's odd one to pick but okay i, I might yeah. have the names wrong too it might have been some other famous group. no i think i think it was actually because I, I i was in on the show in a soccer podcast but i i didn't you know i i wasn't familiar with condor heroes at the time so i didn't i didn't get the other side of it but i think you've got the right one okay but but so it's either them or if not it's some comparable uh figures from 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 greek legend but uh but but the idea is that's how and again Condor Heroes is much newer it was written in the 50s but it's it's so prevalent it's so it's it's so omnipresent on TV and in movies that you uh, uh the, the, I think in I think in China they call it the um uh the Louis Cha phenomena um uh he they use his Chinese name but but it's like a it's a um it's a uh it's just a it's just a very well-known show. Like you, you, like they, they, they make Return of Condor Heroes dramatic series like almost twice a decade, it seems. Uh, like once or twice a decade, you get a new version of it. And so it's just very well-known. And, uh, and so, so we'll, be, we'll be covering the 2006 version. And the reason that we chose that is because this is going to be Adam's first venture into, uh, into a wuxia dramatic series. And I, I think it would be... Uh, I was I was originally going to have him watch the the, the 1983 version, and I think it's uh, I think I think that might be a big jump to, to sort of dive into. <laughs> so 2006, it's a nice compromise because it's new, but I don't recall them changing the source material too much. I think it generally sticks with it. It's not like say the 2014 version where they really take a lot of liberties. 
Um, so I think it's a good choice. And uh, and if not, you know, I just reread The Return of Condor Heroes, so I should be able to comment on any changes that are made. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so we'll so we'll be uh, uh, back on you know in a few days with the next Babylon Five, and then after that, you can. Uh, look forward to the Condor Heroes things. If you want to learn more about the Condor Heroes, you can check out our podcast on Friday. I've been doing read-throughs with Kenny of the whole book, so you'll get a sense of what the story is and some of our thoughts on it. Um, and you can also just find a translation of the book online and read it. It's it's fully translated. Um, you know, there's a, uh, you can go to places like the Wuxia Society and get a get a get a translation of it. It's uh it's definitely worth reading, and it's about forty chapters, so it is a little bit of a time investment. But um, but what I did was I read it uh, five chapters of, at a time for um, for the podcast, and I found that to be a very leisurely pace where you still get through it, but you just take more time. So if you if you don't want to you know sit and read forty chapters at once, you know just try pacing it out. So anyways, uh, we'll be back on, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>